Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Hello and welcome to the EM360 podcast, where we have a weekly conversation with people who are impacting the enterprise tech landscape. My name is Max Curtin, Head of Content here at EM360 and your host on today's podcast. Now make sure you stay up to date with all of our latest episodes by subscribing to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you go for your podcasting fix. Now in today's episode, I'm being joined by John LaCour, who is the founder and CTO of Fish Labs and principal strategist at parent company Help Systems. John's here to talk about social media as a threat channel, which I think is going to be a very interesting area to delve into. So John, welcome to the show and thanks for coming on today. Thanks for having me, Max. Happy to be here. Happy to have you. It's going to be a good conversation. But before we dive into the world of social media and its threat channels, could you maybe let us know a little bit about yourself and a bit of background on Fish Labs and Help Systems? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I've been working in cybersecurity for over 20 years and founded Fish Labs in 2008 to help companies deal with emerging cyber threats um, that typically happen outside of their infrastructure. And social media is definitely one of those channels. And so we'll, we'll talk more about that. Um, late last year, Fish Labs was acquired by Help Systems. So we're thrilled to be part of the Help Systems family and being able to leverage the, the, the vast resources of our parent company and uh, even do a better job of helping protect clients against those external threats. Amazing. That's what we need. So perfect to see two great companies kind of coming together and battling those threats. So Let's kick off with the basics then. You know, people who listen to this podcast know that we like to start by giving an overview of what we're kind of talking about. And I think people are very familiar with your usual kind of threat vectors, you know, attacks coming through email, or if you've got any other kind of um, direct into the organization, there's, there's many different ways that an organization can come under attack. What people might not be aware of is, you know, your daily uses of social media, whether that be Twitter, LinkedIn, whatever the case may be, there is a risk there as well. So talk us through kind of where this concept of social media as a threat channel has come from and what does it really concern? Yeah, great question. So I think, you know, those of us who are cyber defenders for uh, a long time have been really focused on technical controls to protect our infrastructure. You know, virtually every company is going to have um, firewalls and um, antivirus systems, uh, other types of, of software technology to protect the things that they own. But um, it's only in the last, say, five years, we've really started to focus more on these threats that originate externally or that happen kind of outside our infrastructure. And we've all been impacted by phishing attacks, whether they're targeting uh, consumer accounts for banks or e-commerce sites or targeting our users. And that may lead to things like ransomware, business email compromise, and other threats. We, we've seen that change where attackers now primarily are tricking people into taking action to help them gain access or to further their attack. Uh, it's not just, um, though it still happens, it's, but it's um, most successful attacks are don't start with um, exploiting software vulnerabilities, most exploit people. And so the evolution of that is that it's not just email that we have to worry about, it's also external content and uh, systems like social media. 
Uh, the attackers know that our employees and our customers are out there on social media, and so it gives them a way to interact with them and to trick them into helping them um, into the, the network or furtherance of their goals, whatever they might be. Very true. And it's very scary when you kind of have those conversations of being very cautious at work, you know, hopefully, I'm saying hopefully here, a lot of companies have drilled in to be extra careful when you're you're dealing with emails, or when you're dealing on external links or, or whatever the case may be. But the use of social media, we, we kind of use that as our switch off time, our downtime. It's when your guard is probably um, at its lowest when we're having these kind of conversations. So it's interesting to see how those um, attacks have grown and how people are kind of doing new methods to kind of bring themselves in. And this has been covered fantastically because you guys um, at Fish Labs, you released a quarterly threat trends and intelligent report, and it included an analysis of social media threats. So just to give our listeners a little bit of backstory, and for our listeners, we will be including a link to that study in the description down below. But what did the study investigate and uncover in relation to the current social media threat landscape? Yes, our, our company monitors um, not just social media, but other external threats. And so every quarter, we go through millions of data points. We find those real-world actionable threats, and then we categorize them based on um, where those threats are being launched, whether it's social media, email, or other attack vectors. We look at the organization that's being targeted, um, their industry, their location. And we, we track all of that and then trend it over time. And the idea is to see how the threats are evolving, see if the problems are getting better or worse, and see what new techniques the attackers are coming up with. And so uh, this past quarter, when we looked at social media, we, we found a number of, of interesting trends. So the, the first is that social media attacks per organization doubled over the course of 2021. So on average, uh, companies are twice as likely to be targeted over social media than they were about a year ago. One of the other interesting things that we saw was that there were really three categories that made up the, the bulk of social media threats. There certainly a long tail of, of other types, but the three main categories were fraud, which is often targeting financial services and their customers, and then cyber threats, which are a little bit broader but essentially represent a hacking risk to an organization. And then finally, uh, impersonation, where either the company itself or um, perhaps an executive of a company or their customer service department was being impersonated in some way in social media. And that, in turn, would lead to some sort of, of threat or attack against an organization. And in, in my talkings with um, our clients and, and others, sometimes people are a little bit surprised by this category of impersonation and um, maybe don't automatically think of that as a cybersecurity threat. But, you know, if attacker can spoof your executive and your employees think they're talking to one of your executives, um, that can really lead to um, significant risk. We've seen the same thing happen in the email channel with business e -com email compromise. So, um, impersonation does represent a serious social media threat that organizations should be concerned about. Very much so. And not only the businesses, but the users being impersonated as well. It's it's something that is an area that can be protected against. And again, it's going to, this, this word's going to keep coming up when we have this conversation, but that awareness and just making sure that you are conscious of the actions when you're online, 
does have an impact into how this can kind of impact it. And you, you mentioned another interesting area there, uh, the fraud-related attacks. You know, that is an area that might not make sense of how they can be connected, but the fraud-related attacks did make up, well, it was 42.3% uh, of social media threats in all of last year, whereas the data leaks only made up 2.8%, and that was down to a minus 4.3% decline in rates. So does that suggest a shift in the strategy by threat actors, do you reckon? It's an interesting question. We, we get asked, you know, what do these numbers mean that are going up or down? And um, is it a change in the tactics of the attackers? And the, the honest answer is we don't know exactly what's in the mind of the attackers. It's a little bit maybe more of an art than, than science. But, you know, what we can say is that as long as we've been tracking these statistics, um, fraud's always been the number one category. And so it's just, it's just ripe for attackers to connect with the masses and attempt to trick them you know, out, of, out of their money primarily, but sometimes out of their account credentials as well. Um, I think with the, the case of data leaks, um, so data leaks would include things like uh, proprietary information being leaked. It could include um, compromised credentials being leaked other personal information at times. And, and what we see with that is that tends to kind of go up and down over time. And so um, our theory is that the attackers will um, try social media to sell compromised data. Um, if they have success, they'll stick around. If they don't, they'll perhaps go to uh, another venue like a dark website. So it seems to just have more variability in general, whereas fraud seems to be consistently a significant problem on social media. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting to kind of hear how that kind of fraud element is building and still maintaining as it kind of progresses, especially when we talk about these social media attacks and how that's kind of going to go more of the next couple of years. We'll, we'll get into a little bit later about how we're seeing this progress down the line. When we were looking at the report and, and the report's findings, it was kind of a case of Fish Lab stresses that, you know, enterprises must broaden their line of defense, especially in 2022. We're still relatively new in the year, so it's a good time to really bolster those defenses. And that starts with, you know, strong cross-channel monitoring and building relationships with technology providers in new areas. So what did those kind of first steps towards social media threat mitigation entail? And what route should organizations take when following them? Yeah, we found that you know, most enterprises are good at protecting their own infrastructure, but a lot of them aren't thinking about the attacks that happen outside of their infrastructure. So there's really an opportunity to move. Um, I think of as moving left in the kill chain. So being able to um, stop attacks earlier or, or prevent them by monitoring those external threat channels, which include social media. There's three core functions that an organization should think about when developing such a program. The first is collection. So that is um, getting visibility into the information that's out there. That could be on social media platforms. It could be on things like pay sites. Um, there's a broad set of data that's out there. Some is easier to acquire than others. There are some open source repositories of, of some of that information as well. The second area is curation. So once you have the visibility, how do you find those actionable threats that are affecting your organization? And so that generally requires a combination of technology and people. The, the amount of data can be massive. You can't have humans review every bit of it. So you need um, a machine or computer to help filter that down to the most likely candidates. Um, but what we found, despite 
the advances in AI and ML and such, you really, at the end of the day, need people to be looking at these things and deciding if it's a cause of concern and, and what to do about it. And then finally, the third area is, is mitigation. So you found a threat that's targeting your employees or your customers. What are you going to do about it? And this is where those relationships with service providers and social media platforms comes in handy because you'll want to reach out to them and have those um, threats, that fake profile, those fake messages um, removed from the platform. So it's a challenge to do all three of those things well. And, you know, but there are ways that organizations can get started kind of bare bones. But um, if this is something that's important for your organization and you're finding that there's um, a significant number of threats out there, frankly, working with the vendor is going to be more successes and likely cheaper for you than trying to do it yourself. 100% agree. I mean, it, it comes down to the fact that you're right, there is a lot to kind of do and maybe that is just kind of scratching the surface of, of options available, especially when you look at multiple threat options that are out there. Um, but it's it's so important to kind of have that plan in place, know what your kind of groundwork is going to be, your policies and how you want to approach this kind of stuff. And then, as you say, bringing someone in who can kind of go, yes, we can do that. Yes, we can do that. And just really make that a lot easier. And then, you know, you and me won't be talking about reports anymore. We'll be, everything's fine. We're all good. <laughs> Never going to happen. We've got a job for life. So just to wrap up, could you maybe give us, obviously you're mentioning there about um, having vendors kind of helping and, and bringing people in to, to bringing solutions in that can help with this uh, resolution. So give us some insights into how Fish Labs Digital Risk Protection Platform is really helping companies to kind of turn that social media into an actionable intelligence channel rather than a threat channel, let's say. Yeah, we're, we're really honored to be working with some of the biggest companies in the world. And so we see a little bit of everything. So just to maybe make it more tangible for your listeners, I thought I would share some, some anecdotes of, of what we see out there in the real mm, world. You know, so recently for a, a large bank, we found that some attackers had created a fake customer service profile on, on Facebook and also on Twitter. And the public um, was engaging when, with these profiles, thinking it was their legitimate customer service department. The attacker was responding back to them and would it get to the point where they would ask them for their banking details and eventually that would lead to money being stolen out of their banking account. So we were able to um, work with those platforms and get those profiles disabled and, and stop that threat. Um, in another example, we were working with a, a large pharma company and we found social media posts that were promoting uh, a protest march that was scheduled to um, happen and go right past their office. And so um, they weren't protesting that company, but just the fact that there were, um, you know, a potentially an angry mob going to be outside their post was cause for concerns. So we were able to alert them to that and so that they could prepare as appropriate. So, you know, some things you may not even think about as your typical cyber threats you can learn about in social media channels and, and help protect your organization. And another interesting one that we found, uh, we were working on behalf of a major professional sports league, and we found fake social media profile that was spoofing one of their executives. And later we learned that that account was actually engaging with professional athletes in the league over social media and trying to scam them out of their tickets. Presumably they had you know player seats that were right up front. Um, they would scan them out of their tickets and then go sell them online for a, a nice profit. So we were able to, to help detect that and mitigate that threat as well. So 
there's a large number of different types of you know scams, fraud, you know, but also cyber threats. We've seen zero-day exploits for sale uh, on social media, and so we've been able to alert our clients about those. And then those clients, obviously, using um, that particular software program, were able to take um, you know mitigating action to protect their organization. So it turns out there's a lot of actionable intelligence out on the social media channel, but you know the first step is starting to pay attention to it, followed by the ability to take action on it. So that's where we come in and, and help out with our digital risk protection platform. Amazing. It, it is fascinating to kind of see all those different methods and, and new approaches kind of coming out. Um, and yeah, having people like yourselves to kind of come in and defend against that is, is going to be so important down the line because this is going to be an area that does grow and continue to expand. So any organizations, you know, listening need to really take stock of this sooner rather than later. So John, thank you very much for coming on today's podcast and providing your insights. It's been great chatting with you today. Thank you so much, Max. Thanks, John. And thank you, everyone, who took the time to listen to this episode. We do hope you took a lot away. Uh, If you would like the full report, and I would highly recommend giving it a read because there's a lot of fantastic information in there, Uh, we'll include it in the link down below, but you can also head on over to fishlabs.com. They've got some great resources section, and you can get in contact with a member of the team through their website. So thank you once again. We'll be back next week with another episode in our podcast series. Until then, you can join the conversation on our socials at em 360 Tech on Twitter and LinkedIn. Subscribe to this podcast on all major platforms. And for more great daily content, head on over to em360tech.com. <laughs>